Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the course of his analyses of the human emotions in Rhetoric Book 2, Aristotle is typically going to pair emotions off against each other. So, for example, love and hate, fear and confidence, and so on. The very first emotion that he begins with in that rhetoric section is anger, and it's going to be paired off with some sort of opposite or correlative, which is going to have several different names. In English, we often translate it as mildness or calmness. In Greek, prautes is one of the terms that Aristotle uses, which we'll talk about in just a moment. He uses the verb praunesthai, and he also uses another noun which is related to that, And so all of these denote a opposite or you could even say privation of anger. And he's going to treat this as itself being an emotion. Now, we do want to be a little bit careful here to distinguish, particularly when it comes to prautes, between that understood as an emotion, as something that we feel, and the virtuous disposition that is discussed in the Nicholas. McCain and Eudamian ethics with respect to anger, where we may feel anger, we can get angry at the right time with the right people for the right reason to the right amount in the right way and so on, which by the way, Aristotle says is quite difficult to do and also sometimes to determine That's not exactly the same thing as the emotion that is being discussed here, because the emotion is the opposite of anger, whereas the virtuous disposition has to do with what we do with our feelings of anger when we actually feel them. And Aristotle is going to give us somewhat of a definition here. The Greek word is esto, let something be something else, which is as close as we're going to get to defining something, I suppose. And so he begins by saying, since becoming angry is the opposite of becoming mild, an anger of mildness, he says, let's go on and define what it is. Let's define making mild, you know, causing somebody to feel mild or to feel a lack of anger as what? As the quieting and appeasing of anger. So quieting, katastasis, quieting works. It could also refer to a holding back, you know, a restraining of anger that in some way reduces it or perhaps even uh, represses it. You know, we could read a lot into this word. The other term, amoresis, is coming from amoros, And it has to do with peace, with introducing peacefulness where there was rancor and ire and anger before. So he's using two different terms here to convey, I would say, a spectrum of responses. Now, this is a bit different than the other emotions, though. Love and hate, consider them, right? Love is on one end of a spectrum. Hate is on another end of a spectrum. You could be neutral to somebody in the middle. You don't love them. You don't hate them. You don't feel anything about them. This is a bit different. We have anger on one side. We have calmness or mildness on the other side. But calmness or mildness is really being defined as 
not just the opposite, but the lack or privation or the properly dealing with anger, right? And Aristotle says that we can actually learn an awful lot about, we can determine scoping, we can literally look at or investigate what makes for mildness. Now notice here he's not talking just about the emotion, he's saying the things that make us mild, ta prauntika, right? So that's a set of things that's in the plural. We can learn about the things that make for mildness from opposites, ekton anantion. So if we look at key aspects of anger, what makes people angry, how they get angry, and we think about the opposite to those, then we can understand what makes for mildness. And we're not going to go into great detail here because we're mostly interested in the definition, but I think that looking at some of these opposites can help us flesh out that definition and wrap our heads around it a little bit more. So the first thing he talks about is the sliding. Remember that sliding oligoria is absolutely central to anger from Aristotle's perspective. That is the cause, the, the perception of somebody sliding you is the cause for getting angry. So what happens if there is sliding taking place but somebody winds up being mild instead. It's in part because they realize some important aspects of what's going on. Like he says, if men are angry with those who slight them and the slight is voluntary, something that they do deliberately or by choice, it is evident that they're mild towards those who don't do those things or who do them involuntarily, or at least appear to be such and towards those who intended the opposite of what they've done, and all who behave in the same way towards themselves. So if there's a slight taking place, but you can say, oh, well, they didn't mean to do it. it. They actually were intending to do the opposite. You know, they were trying to bring me a nice cake and then they tripped and fell and the cake went into my face. They obviously didn't mean it. Then, then you stay mild. You feel mild towards them, he would say. Social status and humbling. There's a term that Aristotle uses several times here, tus tapenu menus, right? And this is coming from a word to humble, to lower yourself, to you know not make a big deal of yourself in relation to another person. And so, you know, if you screw up, but you say you're sorry and you admit you're wrong and you maybe even ask for forgiveness. He says that people become calm towards them. He's got an example of the behavior of dogs proves that anger ceases towards those who humble themselves. They do not bite those who sit down. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting visual metaphor there? Another uh, key thing is seriousness, being spudaios, being serious, taking things seriously, versus showing contempt, katafronesis, towards other people. Katafronesis, or contempt, is one of the three main modes of slighting. It's when you show somebody else that you think, or you, you're literally looking down or thinking down at them, you don't consider them particularly valuable or the things that they care about valuable. And that makes people angry. On the other hand, if you display a kind of seriousness or concern towards those people about the things that they care about, then they will 
exhibit calmness towards you. They'll feel calm towards you, right? A great example of this would be like table settings. I mean, I don't care about table settings. Some people do. And if I'm having them over for a nice dinner, then I put the table settings out because I want to show my guests that I respect them and you know care about how they feel. I don't throw things down willy-nilly, which would be a sign of contempt, right? Or using dirty tableware, right? Another example, some of these have to do with emotions. Fear or respect. When we fear people, really fear them, not just mildly fear them, Aristotle thinks that we are likely to be calm towards them, even if they do slight us, or if we respect or literally feel shame towards those people, feel, feel a sense of like being how do we put it? Being on our best behavior in relation to them, we want them to see us in a good light. Well, then we're more likely to remain calm as well. Those who we feel pity or compassion towards, we are likely to exhibit calmness towards them rather than anger. Pity could actually be a substitute for the anger that we would normally feel. And that can actually be quite helpful when people are doing stupid things that otherwise might you know, be offensive to us. We can say, oh, that poor bastard, he doesn't really know what he's doing. He can't help himself. And then finally, very interesting aspect. Aristotle says that when we are being treated justly or appropriately, and he uses the term dikaya for justice, right? And he also uses another term that he had used earlier, which has to do with, here it is, Ugar eti para to prosekon oyontai paskein. Okay, so that long Greek phrase means, you know, they don't think that they are suffering something against what is appropriate or befitting to prosekon. And so if things are happening to us and we're like, well, I kind of deserve that, or this is not out of accordance with how things ought to work. For example, when you're in the army and a drill sergeant is yelling at you in basic training, that's the way it's supposed to be. Sometimes it takes you a while to figure that out. You get mad at them at first, but then after a while, you don't because you realize that that's the case. Or you hire a personal trainer who is going to yell at you and try to you know, provoke you into lifting the weights better or something. Okay, you're not gonna get angry at them unless you think that what they're doing is wrong in some way. If you think that what they're doing is appropriate or just, then you remain calm. So all of these are, you could say, dynamics that figure into this. So why bring all these up? Well, Aristotle himself said, if we want to understand what mildness or calmness is, we have to look at the opposites. So by doing so, we get a better sense of what this opposite of anger actually looks like. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.